1: Encouraging younger generations and in building self-esteem for future entrepreneurs. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB, Talk860, and Womentowatch.net. I'm very happy to be in the studio uh, this afternoon to bring you a wonderful guest. Um, today. Before we get started, I'd like to give out our call in number in case you're listening and you would like to speak directly with the guest and join us. That number is 888 329 3306. That's 888 329 3306. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram uh, where we give some updates on all of the things Women to Watch is doing. And uh, you can always keep up to date and in the loop at WomenToWatch.net. That's Women the Number Two Watch.net. Um, we actually had planned on having two guests this afternoon, and our first was to join us um, at the top of the show, Pat Smith. Uh, we haven't heard from her, so I'm not sure if there's been some technical difficulties or, or something came up. But I'm going to go right in and introduce um, our very special guest today who is joining us from Sweden. Her name is Gordania Bearnot, and uh, Gordana is a native of Sweden. She is a writer, a speaker, an advisor, uh, and a thought leader. And her work can be found under the heading of My Power Talk. Gordana, welcome to the show.
0: Susan, it's so nice to be here.
1: It's so nice to have you. I I feel as though we first connected a a long time ago, and now today is finally here. And I'm so thrilled. Yes. yes,
0: it's so great.
1: <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. And, um, you know, me, I have such an array and long list of questions for you, and I'm hoping that we'll be able to get in, um, you know, a really good conversation this afternoon. There's never enough time, um, yeah. but we will do the best we can. And, and as you heard I um, mentioned at the top of the show, we didn't hear from Pat. So we're mm-hmm. going to have a little extra time.
0: Oh, that's great. We can maybe we'll have the time to finish off every question you have. We'll see where it takes us. (laughs) We'll
1: see. We'll see. Yeah. So I really would like to start um, at the beginning. You know, your Mm. uh, beginning of your life story, because I think that's important for our listeners and the audience to Mm. get a a really good sense of. where you came from and why you're doing the work that you're doing. Your uh, story, I think, is a very unique one, Um, Mm. uh, you know, that started when you were a young girl growing up. And I'll just let you take it from there. I think there were some pivotal moments for you at at age 4 and 12. Um, Mm. But why don't you go ahead and give us a a brief overview of your upbringing in Sweden? (laughs)
0: Yes, I'll start with, with just the framework of my childhood and why I'm doing what I'm doing here. Because, I mean, if I were to write my own childhood memoirs, the book would start with, there were no books in my childhood home. Because, I mean, ironically, even though I was born in Sweden, which you probably all know is a country known for its gender equality and tolerance, I grew up in a very, very patriarchal family, which meant that as a woman, I really, really knew my place in time and space. It means that, I I mean, my parents came to Sweden in 1965 from the Balkans, so they brought their own culture to a foreign country, and they stick to that culture. They they really kept it um, intact in Sweden. So, I knew what was expected of me in the present, but I also knew what was expected of me as a woman in the future, because my parents always talked about that I had to marry someone they chose, and I was expected to be an obedient and, and, a, and a loyal wife, and not even thinking about being smarter than my future husband. So this actually meant that I could share my thoughts about, I couldn't share my thoughts about anything with anyone. Because I couldn't talk about it, it 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 was, I had to keep it to myself because in, in my reality seeking knowledge was taboo and I was not allowed to break that taboo, and, I mean, this environment I grew up in was so strange and alien that when I met my husband, which which is a very romantic story and I won't take it now, but. When I met him, he actually used to joke about that the first book I would write would be about my childhood, and it would start with the description of me growing up among the debris from my father's UFO, which has crash-landed on our backyard. I mean, that's how strange the reality of my childhood was. I I, I can laugh about it now, but I actually lacked... What I really, really lacked in my childhood was... uh, It was love, because... I feel that I was born to parents that not only lacked the ability to love their children, they also lacked the ability to love themselves. And that kind of created a lot of obstacles in my reality as a child because I always felt that I knew more than my parents and that I was, I was smarter than they were even though I was much younger. And besides that, I really loved to read and figure things out, and they thought that that was a waste of time. So um, they, the way they saw it, 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 was that it was more important for me to spend time preparing myself for marriage and children than it was gazing at the stars, wondering where I came from. But actually, the moment you were talking about, when I was about 12 years old, I I had this phenomenal um, experience of gazing at the stars. I, I went to bed and I started thinking about the reality and I started thinking about the universe and where it ended. I, I, I tried to figure out what infinity was. So I, I closed my eyes and I started daydreaming about roaming the universe and finding the outer edges of the universe and the more i tried the more stars there were i i I figured maybe it's my imagination so i jumped out of bed and i ran to the window and i looked at the starry sky and i thought to myself maybe reality would show me where these these things end and when i looked at it i closed my eyes and i could see stars and then i looked at the stars and i could see stars and it hit me my stars my imagination and the stars out there are made of the same stuff this is one i am one with with everything out there and i couldn't share anything about that to anyone so so i kept it to myself until i met my husband when i was 19 and started to talk about this with him and he shared all my wonderings about the reality, so my ch- my life changed in a whiff when I met him, and I started to talk about the things that I had to keep to myself in my entire childhood mm, you- so that's that's the framework of of where I come from and and uh, Why I'm doing this, I think that it it is because I couldn't do it when I was a child. This is an urge. It's it's a desire. I think it's probably something I was born with, but I I, I can't think of not doing it, not exploring my reality and talking about it and, and looking at it from all the perspectives I can and then sharing all the knowledge I find within me and without me. With people who are interested in that kind of information, so that's what i'm doing now at twitter i'm 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 a wisdom philanthropist on Twitter, sharing everything I know about how this reality works, where we come from, and why we are here and and people come to my account um on Twitter, which is at my Power Talk, just in order to um to remind themselves of who they are and to, and to get crystal clear messages that will encourage them to, to continue seeking who they are. So that's the framework in big, big pencil strokes.
1: (laughs) Right, right. It's, you know, it's hard to kind of cover all of it. One of the things that came to mind for me is that to be thinking that deeply at a young age, I don't Mm -hmm. think is the norm. Um, and I think I read about um, there was a story when you were even as young as four years old, um, really having this yearning to to to, and I'll say to find the truth in things. To um, mm-hmm. I like to think of you as a wisdom seeker. You know, mm-hmm. just thinking mm-hmm. about much mm-hmm. more than uh, the material things and and what we can see and touch you know when mm-hmm. i when you talk, spoke of your parents and them not mm-hmm. having the ability to love clearly they came from their own experience and yes. as we get older we have such a better understanding of those who were with us when we were children and i'm mm-hmm. wondering you know you had that wisdom when you were young did you have the um this sense of why your parents didn't have the ability to love you in the way you needed or did it come to you later in life? Did you kind of figure that out?
0: I I always came later in life because I I was so angry with my parents. I couldn't understand why they behaved the way they did because I have two brothers and uh, sometimes they they gave more emotions to my brothers than they gave me because I was a girl and, Uh and I was I wasn't allowed to be intelligent and I wasn't allowed to to speak up but I liked to do that so mm-hmm. it annoyed them and 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 it created a lot of obstacles because of that so yeah. at an early age I I I really figured out that if I'm going to survive this if I'm going to survive this intact I need to uh I need to have another strategy of how I'm going to navigate through my life so mm-hmm. I think that somewhere subconsciously i started a strategy which was not so good for me because i i navigated through my reality avoiding fear that was my main thing i i I always tried to avoid uh, conflicts and i tried to be a diplomat all the time I, i i never stood up i stood up for others but Very seldom for myself. I I always sacrifice that, Mm -hmm. which is not a good thing, actually. Mm -hmm. It's a bad thing to do. Mm -hmm. So instead of seeking joy, which most children and and teenagers inherently do, I was focused on avoiding fear, pain, punishment, um, and bad uh, things in my reality. Because it was very, very connected to my father because he was so... Dominant, and he was very, very judgmental. Mm. And that kind of created this inertia in me where I started actually just avoiding fear. And avoiding fear will never take you anywhere in life because we are here to explore this reality and you cannot explore something if you're afraid. So I think that being afraid of doing, making mistakes in my reality actually turned me inwards. Because you cannot make any mistakes inside. Nobody knows what you're doing. And that's why I kind of evolved this very, very supernatural way of understanding my reality and and seeking some kind of knowledge from within. Because it was secret. It was mine. Mm. And looking at it from a grown-up perspective or even a spiritual perspective It might have been so that I had some kind of agreement with my father on a spiritual level that he was supposed to act this way in order for me to turn inward and seek the knowledge and not share it with anyone. Because when you share it, it kind of colors your experience. Grown-ups will tell you this is how it is. But I didn't have anyone to tell me this. So I kind of had my own experiences and I kept them to myself until I was fully grown up. As I said, I was 19 when I started talking about it with my husband, mm-hmm. and and he had the same ideas as I did. So it, it felt good when I talked to him, but never did I talk about that before. So maybe it was it was meant to be that way. But it felt horrible while it was going on, when I was a child. It it wasn't it didn't feel pleasant. But maybe it was a necessary thing in order for me to understand reality the way i understand it today Mm,
1: that's what a you know what a wonderful perspective you know to look at that and of course that speaks to you know everything happens for a reason sometimes that reason you know becomes clear much later you Mm. described your husband as having uh, the same frequency as you tell me how tell me how that manifested itself when you met him how did you know
0: oh, uh, that, that is a really, really strange thing because it's so synchronistic and it's so um, out of this world because when I tell the story, nobody believes me. <laughs> they say this is not possible. But I was, I was 19 years old and I saw him in the corner of my eye. He was standing in the doorway and in my heart, I could feel my heart jump and then I heard a voice in, within my head saying, it's him was it I yeah. saw him and I knew it was him and I was only 19 when I came home and I told my mother that I had met the man of my life she said don't be stupid it's not possible to do such a thing and I mean tomorrow my husband and I will have been married for 32 years wow. and we're still in love so it yeah. was a true intuition and a true synchronistic feeling that was true for me mm-hmm. and it stayed that way so it it is a very romantic thing and also a very very hard to believe thing but that's yeah. how it was
1: yeah uh, that's a wonderful story and uh, you know the fact that you're still together today and you have a son as well i wanted to mention do you, do you yes. see parts of your intuition and your curiosity for the world in your son
0: oh yes i do he is um he is a highly evolved being. I mean, when I when I expected him when I was pregnant, I was thinking that when he came come to when, when when he will arrive to this world, I am going to teach him everything. That's how I imagined it when I was expecting him. And then he he was born into this world. And the minute he was born into this world I understood that he is here to teach me. I cannot teach him anything. And he was, I mean, he was just a few hours old when I realized that. Holding him in my arms, my first lesson with him was that while I was looking at him, I felt this enormous um, feeling of I have to be authentic. I cannot be anything else but authentic. Because if I want this child to grow up loving itself and, and and. enjoying life i have to be authentic because that's the only way to be in this reality so that was my first lesson and he was just a few minutes old when i looked at him i felt this urge that i cannot play games with myself i cannot play hide and seek with anyone i have to be authentic and i have to speak my truth always
1: And I guess, you know, you were thinking of, I think perhaps what was missing in your own childhood, you looked at him and thought, you know, that's something you did not want for him. You wanted him to be able to express his own desires, right?
0: Yes, I wanted him to feel respected and to feel equal um, as a human being in our reality. Just because he's a child doesn't mean that he has... um, lesser rights in this family. And, and my husband was very much in tune with that because he felt the same thing, even though he has a totally different background. I mean, he was truly loved by his mother and he had a great childhood. Um, Everything just splendid in his childhood while I had this horrible childhood, but still we had the same, um, the same thoughts about upbringing and the same thoughts about how our child was supposed to be treated in this reality. So we have always treated him as a, as a equally valid human being, even though he was two years old or three years old. We always asked him what he wanted, and then we respected what he answered. So that was a beautiful journey to do with my son. He's 18 years old now and just a beautiful being. I mean, every time I feel distressed, it's enough for me to just sit beside him and feel his energy and i'm i'm complete and then i can go out and, and be myself again it's like a battery or a generator or something right. I, I love that feeling yeah
1: oh my gosh we really our children do teach us so much um yeah. i so agree with you that it's not you know us teaching them it's them teaching us and they're a constant mm. reminder you know um mm. of good things yeah,
0: the, Yes, they are a constant reminder of how this life is supposed to be enjoyed mm-hmm. because a child is always in the now and the child cannot repress their urges and desires. They want to experience them, so they, they just do it in the now moment. Mm-hmm. And we do not do that as grown-ups. And that's probably one of the major things that makes this world not such a good place to be in because we, we we don't have the ability to be in the now moment and really, really understand who we are and our desires and, and, and act on them.
1: So here here's a question I have for you. Um, pertaining to that, mm. Gordana, how do we you speak about uh, presence often, you know, mm. that that just being in the in the moment, you know, present in wherever you are is so so important how do we do that um when the forces around us are are a distraction
0: well you have to use your free will and you have to be doing it consciously in the beginning it, uh, because we usually answer the noise from the outside automatically without even thinking So the first step is to stop yourself and and ask yourself, do I need to react on this? And how do I want to act on this? And it doesn't take such a long time to do that. It's all about breathing in and breathing out. (laughs) And you will have that time you need in order to understand because it's the automatic reaction that is pushing us away from our core. So you have to stop breathing and just think about it for a split second do i need to react on this because every time you react it is an co- unconscious creation of something while when you act on something you have a conscious thought behind that act which which makes it conscious creation so just the simple little act of breathing in and breathing out and asking giving yourself time to ask yourself do i really need to react on this that makes a difference, a, a big difference in my life.
1: So, would you say there are moments where it, we are meant to react? In, um, you know, I, I'm sure there's moments throughout your day today where, mm. you know, you wake up and you, you know, you're feeling calm and you're um, in a mm. good place, and then things mm. happen around us. And I guess I'm wondering how, when there are moments where the, you know, the, a reaction is necessary. How do you deter? Well, well, of course,
0: there are always moments where we will
1: react, and
0: nothing is written in stone. You can always back up and say, "I didn't mean that," or "I want to act differently on that," because nothing is written in stone. So, of course, we make mistakes. We we do react in a wrong way, but forgiving one another and and, and trusting that we're telling the truth when we say I didn't mean it, that's one way to feel free to react even though it's a bad thing for you to just react. Mm -hmm. I I had this um, really funny thing going on for a few days now when I wake up in the morning, which is connected to your question here. When I wake up in the morning, before I even open my eyes, I feel that I am fully awake even though my eyes are closed, and I I can feel that I have returned from my dreams back into my body, and I'm here in this physical reality, but I still have this connection to my higher self, which gives me an opportunity to ask questions, which I, I haven't done this before. This is something really new, and I enjoy it very much in the mornings now. So yesterday, or the day before that, I had this funny thing. I heard a voice, asking me a question before I opened my eyes, and it was my higher self probably talking to me. It said, what is your intention today? And automatically, I started answering with, well, I need to go to the dentist, I have to call my (laughs) bank, I need to go to the dry cleaners. I started to look at my my schedule for today, Mm -hmm. and this voice just screamed in my head, stop. doing this and it said what is your intention today and I, I took a breath in and a breath out and i was thinking what does this mean my intention today and then it hit me it was so simple what do I want to experience today because this day is a unique day it will not come back so what do you want to fill your day with what kind of feelings emotions explorations do you want to fill this day with? And I started thinking, so my answer to that was, I want this day to be filled with love. I want to be able to receive and give love. I want to be aware, fully aware in every single now moment in this day, because if it's not coming back, then I sure want to know everything there is to know about this day. So I have to be fully aware today.
1: I and I heard it. my
0: voice, my yeah. and my voice said, now we're talking, this is a clear intention.
1: <laughs> not the to-do do this, list, right? It's yes. not about the, and the tasks and the, your to-do yes. list. Yeah, yeah. And
0: it doesn't matter, I can still do what I, what, what I need to do, I can still do my to-do list, but yes. I have a totally different attitude towards it, because I will be fully aware of the things I'm doing, and I can... I can smell the rain outside or feel the breeze in my face, and it will make me feel better. Mm. So it's all about the intention. Mm-hmm. So you can you can always stop a reaction by, in the morning, giving yourself some kind of framework for what kind of feelings you want to experience that day, what your intention with that day is. Mm. And it will give you time to act and not react.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a wonderful reminder. Um, you know, the, Gordana, there seems to me to be a, a global spiritual awakening, I will call it, mm. today. That is different, you know, since the beginning of time there have been philosophers and people who think, you know, beyond, um, you know, the day-to-day tasks that we do. How do you How do you believe it's different from um, those thought leaders from the past? What do you think... Or, or here's a better question. Why do you think there's such a spiritual um, o- awakening today or um, search for meaning?
0: Um, that is a very complex question, I think, because um, I think that we have uh, reached a point in our consciousness, our, our um Collective consciousness where there there is no point of return. We cannot turn we cannot go back to being less conscious and I also think that the children being born today are born with the greater consciousness than children Than we were mm-hmm. we're always evolving in our consciousness and I feel that we have come to a place where there are more people that 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 have a, a bigger consciousness than a lesser. I mean, more than 51% of us are actually feeling this. I I don't know exactly why this energy is much easier to to explore now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it has something to do where we are in our galaxy or or some kind of energy affecting this but i feel that a lot of people are awakening i think also that the more people are awakening the more people will awaken and so it, it's kind of perpetual in a way but i do i i do see it when children are born that they are much i wouldn't say smarter but they are much much more in tune with who they are and what they want even at a very very early age so there is there is an indication of it but i don't know where it comes from actually i've i've done this all my life so to me it's nothing new but when i look at children that are born today i can definitely see it
1: mm-hmm. so, um, tell me gordano uh, sometimes um i think words and and what they mean definitions are are very very important and in a lot of the things that i've uh, read in your articles um contain these four words and i'm just wondering if you can you know Mm -hmm. define them for me tell me what the difference is Mm -hmm. in them um and one the first Mm -hmm. word is source um you use that word as uh the place where we all originated Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. tell me tell me how you Mm -hmm. define that word
0: well source to me is um it is where your life force comes comes from it is It is actually who you, I wouldn't say who you are because that is your spirit. Your source is a place where you can go inward and get everything you need. All the information about yourself and your reality resides in your source. And also, source is unconditional love. It will give you everything you ask for, consciously or unconsciously. So you have to be conscious of what you want, and if you're connected to your source, which we we are all connected to our source, but if your reality, for instance, is 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 giving you more negative experiences, then you are disconnected from your source. You have the connection, but it's off. It's not aligned the way it should be. So your source is like energy. Where you can always go and get energy. It is. It is life force.
1: Gordana, we're we're losing you a little bit. Are you speaking right?
0: Can you, can you hear me?
1: Yes, I can now. We, we we lost you for a second there. You know what? Oh, uh, this yeah. What we're going to do, we're going to take a break now anyway. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to take a, a very quick break, and when we come back, um, we'll continue with this, some of the uh, definitions of the words that you use. We'll be right back. All right. We'll be right back. All right. There are 365 days to schedule a mammogram. Today is as good as any. Welcome back, everyone, to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB Talk 860. My name is Sue Rocco, and I have with me a very special guest this afternoon. Again, her name is Gordana Biernott, and she is calling us from Sweden. And uh, Gordana is a writer and a speaker and advisor and thought leader. And uh, just before the break I think we have you back clear now Gordana. We were talking yes. about, you know, the definition of words and and really what they mean. When I'm when I'm reading mm. about these types of topics, um I often find myself, you know, reading and having clarity and then not understanding the mm. full um definition of a word and and trying to mm. look it up to piece it all together. One of the other mm but there's two words that I sometimes confuse and I wanted to see if you mm. could clarify. Tell me what you think mm. the difference is between frequency and energy.
0: Well, energy um, is diff- all the frequencies in the same place and a frequency is a specific vibration, which is put out. For instance, my frequency is different from your frequency, but we're both made of the same energy. So, that is the difference. Your frequency is what defines you, and my frequency is what defines me. The difference between sand and water is only the frequency, but it's all made of energy. Oh, okay, and okay. So it's it's uh, it can it can be confusing, but mm-hmm. but I feel that energy is the same thing as information and patterns, and it's all about what kind of. Frequency there at and how we are interpreting that frequency. So we are actually decoding frequencies in our reality where where it looks like solid reality, but it is our way of decoding that frequency.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, tell me if the tell me uh, um, about some thought leaders that are inspiration for you. Can you can you talk about? Uh, maybe there's one person in particular that you really find when you. Um, read their their writings you draw inspiration from
0: i mean there are a lot of them uh, all of the the writers from the um new new thought movement in the united states i was re- i am really inspired by their um writings and there is for instance um there is isaac bentoff he's not uh, from the new thought movement he's he, he died in a plane crash in the 1970s, and he was a physicist. Uh, he also wrote about reality and how it is created and perception, even though he was a physicist. I'm, I'm very, very um, inspired by all the quantum physicists and their way of looking at reality, because they describe it on a small level, which becomes almost divine when you come deep 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 down into it so all the the quantum physicists are really really nice to read about and, and i mean there are a lot of people today that that write about these kind of things but mostly actually the things i think about and write about i kind of come up with by myself i i go inward and i reason with myself. I feel myself through this and, and, and come up with the ideas that I write about and then I kind of probe them out there and see who else Thinks this way who else writes this way, but it always comes from within me Before I I, I even look at anyone else in that matter because it, it feels right for me to do that mm-hmm. I've always done it as I said as a child also. I always Went inside to look for inspiration and knowledge, and then probe it on the outside.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's important because then you are actually finding what is going to be original. If you know, mm. if, if each human being has uh, a different, and I'll use the word frequency as you described, mm. then mm. I think it's very important to look within first. Tell me what it is that you hope to gain. Um From sharing these thoughts with the world
0: um, i I want this world. I know it sounds like a cliche, but it's not when you have children, this is not a cliche. I want this world to be a better world uh now than when I entered it when I want to leave this world. A Better world because I want my son to grow up in a world where people understand each other and where they communicate and where love is Primary and not fear. So this is my way of doing it. I I, I don't know any other way of doing it I just feel that if I share my thoughts with enough people then I have done what I can do before I leave this earthly <laughs>
1: yeah do you do you ever feel a sense of overwhelm when you think about the enormity of you know our our, the, our greatest problems um, and if I, so, what I, do you do to to get out of that that overwhelming I, place
0: i I have felt overwhelmed before, but actually the last maybe five six years. I don't feel that way because what I teach and what I talk about is that each and every one of us is the creator of your own reality, which means that it cannot be any other way than how I am creating it. So if I if I focus on fear, if I focus on if I focus my awareness on the bad things, then that is what will be in my reality. So I I, I try to focus. Try to look at everything from the brightest possible side and we do live in a reality where there is equal amount of pluses and minuses, equal amount of bad and good. That is a law in this physical reality. So if there is an equal amount, that means that every minus has a plus. So I always look for the pluses everywhere. I try to see it from the best possible perspective. So that I stay in the higher frequency I have and create from that point and not from a fear-based point. Mm. So I don't feel overwhelmed because, as you said, people are awakening. There is a mass awakening among us. So if we all just trust the process and stay in this frequency where we, I, I'm not talking about being naive or, or ignoring bad things, right. but looking at them from the best possible perspective and looking for solutions instead of dwelling in the problems. I think we can we can reach far just by doing that.
1: Mm. Do, do you believe that um, men and women have equal amounts of intuition? or do, Or do you think that women... Tend to be more intuitive.
0: I think that we do have equal amount of intuition. It's only that it expresses itself in different ways. I I think that women, for instance, their intuition is about. Um, it's almost supernatural because it, it 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 feels like as if we could almost see behind our backs while men have. A different kind of intuition it's more um how should i put it it's hard for me to describe it but i i feel that we are expressing it in different ways as we are expressing everything else in our reality in different ways even though it's the same thing it's we are expressing love in different ways we're expressing anger in different ways we're expressing fear in different ways for instance men express can express fear with um, an attack whilst the woman would express fear with getting almost paralyzed because it's a survival way from from times when we didn't have this civilization as we have today. So I think that we express things in different ways, but we it is the same essence from the beginning. So we do have equal amount of intuition when we express it in different ways.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Gordana, I know that there's something uh, special going on in your life and your career um, when we when we spoke last time. And I'm not sure if this is the right time to to mention it or not. Is it something that you can share with with our listeners?
0: Well, I would love to share it because um, it is a project, uh, and it's it's a project with Oprah. But it's going to be launched in the the end of this week. So Uh I cannot speak about it yet, but the next time I talk to you, I will tell you everything (laughs) in detail. I'm not allowed to speak yet, but it is going to be launched in, um, I think, maybe on Friday or Saturday. I'm not sure what day. They're just giving us information about it now, and it's a big project, so Mm. I am involved in that. And I'm very excited about oh,
1: it. well, anything in, you know anything involving Oprah Winfrey is a big project. You know she it certainly is. yes. I mean yes. just her ability to connect with so many people on the planet. Yes. So I'm yes. so thrilled and excited for you. Mm-hmm. And um, wh- whatever it is, it's so well deserved. It's yes. uh, it's interesting to me the timing of of you and I meeting and and this interview today mm-hmm. and the fact that. It's one week away, and we can't talk about it. But there must be a reason. <laughs>
0: yes. yes, there is. I yes. mean, uh, uh, there is a reason I cannot say anything because they want to launch it. This yes. is not launched yet, and it's a big thing. So yeah. uh, I, I can't talk about it. That's what it is. But talking about opera and talking about frequencies, it's a very high frequency. Uh, right, right. <laughs> it really, it's a vortex of energy. I mean, this is yeah. this is so, so cool to be near her and feel the energy. I mean, she really knows her intention for the day. Mm. That is clear. She wakes up with an intention and and she goes through the day with that intention in mind all the time. And you can feel it. Yes. Everybody can feel it. So I think it's a good thing to start the day with your intention.
1: (laughs) Yes. And that's interesting how you said that. I think you can see and feel that with her because of her continuous curiosity and the fact mm. that she is you know she asks questions continually i i often say that one of the best things you can do is kind of live as though you are a child and always ask mm. why never stop asking why
0: mm. yes i think that that is what makes this life this physical life so joyous to be in because I have actually thought a lot about that because I'm always looking for the truth. I'm always mm-hmm. looking for the answer. That's why my I'm, I'm very close to publishing a book that is called Know the Truth, and it's because I really actually want to know the truth. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, always when I I feel that I'm close to the truth, I get scared because mm. if I if I see everything, if I if I understand the meaning of our existence here then what's the point of being here so i kind of back off a bit and i say "Mm, i'll play this hide and seek game for a while yeah a little bit long
1: yeah
0: i leave it at that because it's it's the fun of experiencing things and exploring things it's not fun to get the answer it's more fun to formulate the question and and explore it.
1: Yeah, yes, I I can so relate to that. I think sometimes um y- people who are curious by nature and um you know, seekers wanting to know mm-hmm. the truth. I I sometimes feel that myself that that fear, that anxiety of kind of thinking too deeply. And yeah. I never thought about it though to you know, from that perspective of, you know, if once you do know the truth, um What is the purpose then of everything else that we're doing here? Yes,
0: Yes. it's all about this veil of forgetfulness which we put on ourselves before we enter this physical reality. This veil of forgetfulness is there to heighten our experience of the physical world. It is there because you don't know. (laughs) And when you don't know, it's more of a surprise when you find out if you know everything, then what's the point with playing it that is why children love the the game you know the peekaboo thing mm-hmm. they they know that everything is fine, but it's still fun to play the game, and that's what we're doing here. We're playing this peekaboo game with ourselves and enjoying it, and if we forget to enjoy it, then what's the point of being here
1: yeah no it's a it's a very good point um mm-hmm. Gordana, Sweden as a country is, is, um, from what we've spoken about, is is practical Hmm. and and perhaps Hmm. not very spiritual. Is that something that you would like to change um, or hope that would change through some of the work that you're doing?
0: Well, I don't know if my work would change it because I do everything in English and I'm almost... Uh, totally focused on the English-speaking countries. Every continent of the world, I do have followers everywhere. I mean, in China and, and in Africa and America and South America and ev- everywhere. But I feel that it um, maybe I w- wouldn't make so much difference in Sweden here, even though I would like to do that, because I feel that we need to become I wouldn't say more spiritual, but maybe more playful, not being so practical and always um, focused on finding practical results and things in our reality. I would love us to become more playful, actually, to understand that there is more to it than what the five senses can sense. It's Mm. so... Uh, I mean, you have to prove everything to a Swede. You have to prove to them that, that there is something else beside the five senses, and it's impossible to prove it unless mm. you start studying uh, quantum physics. Then you can prove anything. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> but
1: being able to articulate I mean, it is another is a whole other thing. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, uh, I hope that maybe it will make a change here, but it's not a goal. I think that. Um, because I work through social media, the whole world is my playground. So, I mean, there are so many people out there in the world that are affected by this. So it's okay if nobody here hears about it or if if it doesn't change anything locally here for me, because mm-hmm. I know I'm changing lives worldwide, so it's okay.
1: Yeah, well, it's, you know how they say people will change when they're ready for it or... Um, yeah. Right. So it doesn't. It should. Yes. It it shouldn't be geographical. It, you know, you're you have the ability to reach people all over, and when it's mm. uh, when they're ready to receive it, I'll say, mm. um, chances are they will.
0: That is what I love with social media and Twitter, for instance. When I started off, I had this. I know I had this uh, idea of my ideal. Follower, which I thought was a woman, single mom, maybe somewhere in the area of New York, and it kind of became totally different when I started looking at who is my, where are my followers? I mean, I have. There is no gender, there is no religion, there is no um, geographical. Uh, how how should I put it?
1: Demographic. Uh, I
0: have to. Yes. Yes. Yes, people from all over the world from all genders, all ages mm-hmm. come to my account just in order to get some energy and to to clarify who they are. And I was I was actually very very surprised to see this because I have 50% men and 50% women women on my um, as my followers, which I didn't think was going to be the fact when I started it. Mhm. So I feel that I have this maybe universal message which which cuts through religion and culture and gender and Mm -hmm. age because there is some kind of truth in it, and and it, it doesn't matter how old you are, you will still feel it. Yesterday I was talking to a young boy, I think he's 13, through dm the direct messages on twitter and he thanked me because i i have been talking to him for a couple of months now he has been very sad and uh, well a lot of problems there and i was talking to him and he thanked me yesterday because he felt that every time he's sad he goes to my account and he he gets happy because he remembers who he is Mm. and to me only that single thing is worth everything I've been doing for the last three years. So I feel that I do change lives, and I do um, affect people, and it doesn't matter where they are. It's, it, they're on earth, and it's enough for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I think that that kind of speaks to the the truth of the fact that, you know, we all, the, the commonality that we all have is, is, is the soul. Mm. All, you know, the exterior mm. and the gender and all of that is so secondary, to um, who we really are. And, and you know, what mm. you study and what you explore and what you write about is this mm. spiritual aspect. And mm. every human being has that.
0: That's... Yes, because you, you asked the question about the source, you mm. just described the source. Uh, when, you, when you talked about that, that we all have this within us, that is your source. When you react to something on a source level, it doesn't matter how old you are or where you come from or skin color or hair color nothing of that matters because mm. it, it hits you right in your heart. And that's that's when so when you're aligned to your source. You feel it in your body, you know it exactly when you're aligned to your source, when your higher self talks through you, you feel it. It's it's a specific vibration in your body. It's joy and love and everything at the same time.
1: Mm. Do you think that there's a connection between being having a a healthy mind, spirit, and soul mm-hmm. and our physical health?
0: Yes, I I think so. I I think that there is because it's all about a frequency and you're sending this frequency through your cells and molecules and and on a quantum level of of your existence. So of course there is there is a connection. And I'm not saying that people that are have diseases are not healthy in their mind, because it's all about blocking the energy, and sometimes we do it unconsciously, so it doesn't it's not about being smart, it's about understanding yourself on a frequency level, understanding what kind of um, frequencies you're sending to your body to yourself. For instance, the thing I was talking about the intention thing when you wake up in the morning and you say my intention is to give and receive love and then live by it you will have the right frequency and i think that maybe your body will heal itself quicker from from all the blockages you have there
1: well there's you know certainly a lot of conversation today more so than years ago about you know combining this this western and eastern um medicine and how, when you do that, um, you see greater results. Mm.
0: I'm I'm convinced about that because my um, father-in-law was a very very um, um, intelligent and cool physician, and he he used to say that that believing that something is going to help you can do miracles. So he he understood that the energy you're sending into your body is as important as what you put into your mouth and 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 the medicine you're taking it's it's equally important but somehow we tend to forget that in the western world we we rely too much on the mechanical things the so the medicine and stuff not thinking about What kind of energy we are creating around ourselves? Because we do we don't talk about the energy, the aura, or or, our spirit and soul. We talk about it in a in a maybe not so healthy way, as they do in the eastern part of the world. Mm
1: -hmm. Gordana, tell me what you do when when you're not working that brings you joy. What are some of the things in in you know the the material Mm -hmm. world that bring you joy?
0: The material world, well, i I really love reading and I love walking, and i I love to sit by a tree and just enjoy the beauty of nature i I, I love to take long walks with my husband and my son. That is the most fantastic thing to do to share my energy with them, so I, I do love that. I love art mm-hmm. and i love I love drinking wine, and I love um, food. I love cooking (laughs) I can spend hours in my kitchen just trying things out I really love the taste of the food and I I love wine pairings so there are a lot of things I love to do but uh, when you said when I'm not working I don't there is no distinction between my life everyday life and work because Mm -hmm. what I do is very entangled with who i am and there is i don't feel that it is work it's a way of living what i'm doing now i i don't i can't see myself doing anything else because then i would have to be someone else so it's very closely entangled with who i am right. so everything is um uh, entangled in each other the, the the food the wine the walks the mm-hmm. reading, the working, everything is a, a constant flow.
1: oh It sounds so. wonderful, and how how fortunate to be able to live, you know, that kind of life. Um, yeah. We're we're at the end of the show, Gordana. I'm so appreciative mm. of your joining us for this hour, and I look forward to the announcement at the end of the week, and and we'll be sharing it. I will surely be sharing it via our social media.
0: Yes, and I, I I'll talk to you about that as soon as i can Uh, and i i've enjoyed talking to you susan you're such a beautiful soul to talk to you bring out the best in me so i'm very grateful for this conversation we're having
1: i thank you and uh we'll be in touch thank you again that's it everyone for this week of women to watch check us out at womentowatch.net have a great week